This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Bama Online Podcast. It's Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BOL, with you, joined by Beat Reporter for BOL, the outstanding Charlie Potter, as we enter a week of football. First time we've been able to say that in some time, Charlie. We seems like we've been previewing this next Alabama football team since literally, what, the day before the start of spring practice back in March? So, Maybe we won't go too crazy on a preview. Charlie's been doing an outstanding job going position by position for you there on the website. And again, Charlie, it feels like we've already previewed this team about six times before we're going to get to the start of preseason practices. Yeah, it's weird that this is going to be the first official practice of 2020. Um, You know, you you mentioned spring ball. I mean, we kind of did everything we've been doing for that, like we always do, uh, just preview the position groups and the newcomers, the early enrollees. And now everybody's on campus, and they've been on campus for a while now going through walkthroughs and and doing some things like that. And it's actually fall camp time. And it's strange because we are getting ready to cover practice and cover uh, press conferences, but we won't be doing it in person. I don't think there's going to be any kind of uh, viewing periods coming up and all the press conferences will be done via Zoom. But um, nonetheless, this football practice, those guys will be out uh, on the field. I'm sure there'll be video and, and photos sent out by UA and, and everything like that. But it seems like we've building, been building up for this moment for you know well over a year, even though it's only been, what, seven, eight months? Yeah, let's talk about that, too, because I think the fans might be thinking, well, Alabama's going to get right into it and going to be heavy on practice on a daily basis. And looking at the practice schedule and, and sort of trying to help our subscribers at BamaOnline.com and also listeners to the Bama Online pod to kind of anticipate what's coming, uh, that's not really the case. I mean, these are going to be – it's it almost has the look of a spring practice schedule in some ways, Charlie. Yeah, it's definitely spaced out, and you know they're not going to be in full pads later today. They're going to go in, in helmets and shorts, so I think for a couple of days, and then they're going to put on shoulder pads and go shells that way, and then full pads will come out next week. So they're going to still have the acclimation period. I know they've been doing some, like we talked about a minute ago, walkthroughs and stuff like that, but it is going to be an acclimation period, and they're going to space this thing out. I mean, as of right now, they don't play until September 26th, and they're allotted, I believe, 25 preseason practices. And, and if I added it up, I think they're not even going that full amount. They're going to give them plenty of time off and um, you know, space it out pretty well. So that's good for the players because I think whenever the initial um, plan for the SEC to push back its start date to September 26th, so, so pushing it back three weeks, there was kind of an audible groan 
maybe from the locker room of thinking, oh, great, we're going to have to practice for three more weeks. But I think the coaching staff did a good job of, of spacing it out to where there's not going to be just – you know, day after day after day of camp, because those days, you know, the, the players will tell you it, it gets kind of tough. They, they throw a lot at them. And uh, I don't think this year is going to be any different. But like I said, this, this is going to be spaced out. They're going to practice Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this week. And we, we can't put out the full schedule. Alabama's had a kind of a, uh, an addendum or whatever you want to call it on the, on the practice. Legislation. Schedule. Yeah, yeah. Where it's not available for public release, but you guys will know plenty ahead of time whenever they're going to be practicing. And like I said, those are the days they're going to practice this week. We'll hear from Saban. We'll hear from players. We're even going to hear from the coordinators. So it'll be a busy week for sure. Yeah. You know, and you saw a situation with Oklahoma earlier last week. Oklahoma had taken a break. Players had gone home, come back. And then uh, you learned that the Sooners had nine players test positive. And that automatically, I think, registers some concern with Alabama fans and fans of other teams around the country. But then we heard from Greg Byrne uh, in the last week and sounded like this team and this athletic department's in actually pretty good shape in terms of those numbers. Although, I guess as much as anything, we'll be interested if if, if that is in fact made public by Nick Saban post-practice Monday in terms of exactly who practiced and and who didn't yeah i still think they're gonna probably keep that um on the down low a little bit and and greg byrne was very positive about how they've handled this i think alabama has done a nice job of this they've adapted well they've had a plan the sec overall has had a pretty good plan in place uh with this whole pandemic situation but um you know greg byrne talked about how he, he admitted that they did have you know, a little bit of a spike in cases whenever guys returned to, to campus for voluntary workouts back in early June. And, you know, that was out there. You know, we've heard the first report of at least five players and then another three popped up. And since then, it's it's been uh, they, they've kept it in check. And then he's talked about how, um, you know, they've 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 done exactly that. Nick Saban, I believe, whenever he spoke to ESPN, said they've had a about a two percent ratio since the fourth of July. And so. You know, keeping that under control, obviously, is, I think, at the forefront of their uh, to-do list. And I, I don't think Nick Saban is going to come out and say, you know, X player has, you know, tested positive since everybody reported on Sunday. But, you know, I think the, the more interesting thing for me will be just in terms of where injuries are, maybe if there's any new injuries, have any players decided to opt out? There's you know, rumblings that that might be a possibility. And you know, we'll, we'll be there to cover that. But I'm I'm not really expecting them to be – you know, reporting numbers or especially names of, of guys that have done that. But you know, I, I think that will be the more interesting thing because these guys have been away from campus, so to speak. And, you know, I know a lot of guys have been in town, but they reported back Sunday. But you always got to be weary anytime you, you leave that facility because they've been in that nice little umbrella, as, as Greg Byrne called it. And I, I think they've done a good job, like I said. Yeah, you know, um, the opt-out angle going to be very interesting. Uh, we saw it in the last few days, speaking of Oklahoma, a two-time 1,000-yard running back for the Sooners has decided uh, to bypass the upcoming season. Uh, I don't think a ton of teams are going to be immune to this once we start to learn more about exactly where this season is headed, once we get into some preseason practices coming up in the next few days. Will you be surprised, Charlie, if Alabama – goes through this upcoming stretch without an opt-out of any kind? 
Um, no, I won't be surprised. I think though, whenever you, whenever people think of opt outs, they're automatically thinking of like the the top NFL draft prospects on the team, and I, I don't think any of Alabama's guys are necessarily leaning that direction at the moment. You know, we heard from Najee Harris on Friday, Mike Jones as well, but but Najee said he's never thought about opting out. The, the interesting thing that Najee pointed out was that his biggest concern, I think a lot of the other players on the team, is they don't want to go through a preseason camp just to learn that the season's canceled. Because, I mean, Alabama fans know better than anybody. Look what happened last year. You lose both your inside linebackers and a five-star running back before the season even kicks off. And that's, I think, a concern for some guys. Because if they're not going to have a season or if it's pushed back to the spring, you know, they don't want to go through these practices where they could potentially injure themselves. And so um, I don't think guys like Najee or Dylan Moses are considering that. I, I know who we're going to get in player interviews this coming week. And like I said, we've already heard from Najee and Mac Jones. And they're, they're guys that are going to be at the top of draft boards next year. And so I, I think that you're good from that point of view. But, but you never know where another one could come from. It might be a guy that is just not comfortable with it. And I think that's been really the big thing throughout this entire process is, you know, when they came back for voluntary workouts and then they made that step to the next phase, they're kind of called involuntary workouts, but Alabama is not pushing guys to play. Of course you want to see a full roster, but if a guy's not comfortable because of a global pandemic, you understand. And I think the SEC is, you made it a point to say that these guys will have you know additional year of eligibility. The NCAA has seemed to go in that way as well. So that's more what I'm interested in. If there's another guy on the roster, maybe down the pecking order, maybe a reserve guy that that chooses maybe not to play for that reason. Yeah, there's still got to be value regardless of your place on the roster, whether you're the first guy uh, on the 85 man or you're the the 85th guy and it starts with your health. We get that. But you know, if you're in a situation where maybe there's a bit of a log jam and you're already concerned about your health, mm-hmm. um, the, the value of even, you know, giving it a go, um, it, it dissipates a pretty good bit, I would think. And, you know, Monday's going to be interesting. Today's going to be interesting for so many reasons, not least because at about the time Nick Saban's going to take to the podium, after practice Monday, we're going to be learning the full schedule for the Southeastern Conference in the upcoming months. That should be uh, that should be a beat reporter's dream, right, Charlie? You're going to love that. That's going to be a lot of fun. That was my favorite thing about Sunday. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> the wife and I went out of town to kind of get a last hoorah before camp starts, and I know I won't be leaving the house to go to practice and things like that, but I'll be plenty busy. But I saw the SEC's tweet, and I just started shaking my head thinking, wow, they they really did us a service. Now, the the good thing is the potential setup, it, it could work out. if It's if, saving yeah, real time. If, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're smart and – yeah, well, not even that, but I was talking about from a selfish point of view for me. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's always so, start there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think about. <laughs> but if, if you do it right, Alabama should be first because I usually go alphabetical order with these yeah. things. And Nick Saban, I, I know people might be surprised to hear this, is never on time for a press conference. Yeah, he's not. So, but I mean, granted, he he's coming straight off the practice field. Right. Unless it's that noon press conference on a Monday for a game game week, he's pretty spot on with that one. But after practice, it can be any time. Um, sometimes he's early; that's very rare. But most of the time, he's a little late, and that's to be expected. He talks to the team; he has things to do. 
yada, 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 the list goes on. But it could work out to where you could get the story up and then, you know, Saban reads it. So he's not like, well, I don't even know who we're playing yet. So there, there's it'll, it's going to be an interesting, you know, 15, 20 minutes there after six o'clock uh, later today. But, um, you know, I, I think it's it, the, the 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 nicest thing is it, it's odd, first of all, but they're going to release the season opener at two on the fine bomb show. So. Hey, if, if he is just now learning about the schedule, he'll at least be able to speak about the opener. And, and really, I mean, we're not going to ask him about game 10 on the schedule, day one of camp. So it should all work out. If they're releasing game one, week one on the fine bomb show, it's got to be Alabama Auburn moving up to week <laughs> one. Right, Paul? It's got to be. Absolutely. You don't let that opportunity go by. No, I mean, it makes total sense for the SEC network because, buddy, you're trying to squeeze as much out of this content right now as you possibly can because you don't even know if you're going to have a season. So if you can get some juice out of a schedule release and tie it into a couple of different slots in your in your budget, absolutely, SEC network. You need to milk this for all it's worth because uh, – we still don't know if we're going to get to September the 26th uh, in one piece. And speaking of which, you talked about it Sunday again this week, whether it's news about impending news that's coming or perhaps some actual news. We don't even get Sundays to catch our breath right now, which is crazy because there's been no football going on at all. It's all been off the field stuff. Just amazing uh, how it's it's worked in the news cycle. But you, know, you saw some Greg Byrne on social media Sunday, too. And look, I'll go ahead and admit it. I was down there at bid day, okay? But I wasn't at Galette's, and I wasn't <laughs> piled up on top of people, Charlie. I'll take a uh, I'll take a lie detector test on that. We had bid day. Our youngest daughter went through the process. She's very happy. We're happy for her. But I can tell you this, Charlie. Ryer party of three was masked up down there. All right. On sorority row from start to finish. So uh, can't blame it on us. But it was interesting because, you know, this is what you worry about. Right. Coming mm-hmm. up. This is where it all really starts. We've it, it feels like it's all been sort of a pregame to get to this point. And we can talk about the season starting on September the 26th. But you just had the sense around Tuscaloosa here in the last three or four days. I'd like to get your thoughts on this, that that the chances for a season really going to get underway starting today. Yeah. I mean, students are back obviously um, with, with bid day. That's a, that's a huge event on campus and just from the pictures and, and things on social media, it looked like everybody uh, was doing pretty well over on sorority row, just in terms of um, social distancing or at least having masks on around everybody, all the pictures of the, um, uh, all of the girls they, they just looked like they were adhering to that. But once they trickled toward the strip is where things got oh, hairy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, Galette's was, um, it, it looked like a game day, uh, and it's free too. There are pictures out of that. And you know, the football team, you know, they took notice. Uh, I don't think Chris Owens was out there because that would almost be a little hypocritical. It looked like he took a screenshot of a Snapchat. Um, but you know, he was very adamant that, he wasn't happy to, to see that uh, out there uh, on the strip from his fellow students and their parents and people that were in town. Um, you know, he, he said, I'm reading the tweet right now. He said, how about we social distance and have more than a literal handful of people wear a mask? Is that too much to ask Tuscaloosa? And he had a screenshot with a long line stretched out to Galette's. And 
Um, that obviously gained a lot of reaction from people on social media. And uh, Greg Byrne, you mentioned, you know, he um, he put out a tweet and you know, he said, who wants college? Ended up with Walt Maddox in it yeah. and everything. Walt and Maddox got tied up in it. Yeah. If you you followed social media, they, they were they were police cars out on the strip, and they've been enforcing this this mask yeah. um, law and everything like that. So, it it will be really interesting to see what happens from a campus life standpoint now that the students are back and they're going to be mingling with the student athletes. Um, you know, Greg Byrne on Thursday he had a Zoom call with local and national reporters, and, and he said that student athletes are going to you know have some of them are going to have classes completely online, some of them. Or not, you got to think that most of the guys over there at the Mount Moore building are going to have primarily uh, online classes, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be all of them. So yeah. I think they're really um, they're really cautious about the rest of the student body. Um, you know, Najee Harris mentioned you know parties. How you, you can't tell a college student not to go to parties, but you, you got to tell them you know to be smart and to follow the guidelines and. You know, just be aware of your surroundings, and you know if you don't feel comfortable, then maybe you shouldn't be there. So, it is going to be, I think, a really important, you know, week or couple weeks leading up to what will hopefully be the the kickoff of a season. But uh, yeah, it's it it wasn't a great start on Sunday. Hopefully, it'll improve. Yeah, it was something to see down there. I kind of anticipated it, but again, we did our part. Okay, <laughs> we tried. We gave an effort. We stayed off the strip. We stayed uh, right there on Sorority Row. And actually, I was pleasantly surprised how many folks were in that area, as you said, were giving it at least an effort. You know, there was at least a, a shot being given to uh, follow protocols and, and try to keep everybody as safe as possible. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get more into a preseason practice primer right here on the Bama Online Podcast. Travis Ryder, along with Charlie Potter. Back with more of the podcast right after this. And we are back with the Bama Online podcast, getting you ready for the start of preseason practice at the University of Alabama. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, the outstanding Charlie Potter does super work, as you know, for us there at BamaOnline.com, covering the Crimson Tide of Alabama If you haven't already, how about a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast? It's real simple. Anywhere you do your podcasting, your casting of pods, you can uh, subscribe to us here on the Bama Online Podcast. We'd also appreciate it if you would consider a review and a rating while you're there. That would help us out as well. So, Charlie, again, as we talked about at the outset of the podcast, it feels like we've been talking about this season for two seasons and so it is a good feeling. It's good that, you know, there is going to actually be football practice, as you pointed out early on. There have been workouts. There have been walkthroughs. There's been uh, scenarios where they've had 11 guys on offense, 11 guys on defense. But it's real now that we get into preseason practice. And with that, you know, wanted to get into a couple of the primary topics, a couple of the things that we'll be, you know, particularly alert for here in the coming days. And I, I guess you, you talked about this a little bit earlier and I agree just the health of some of these guys, especially when you talk about the injuries that, that Alabama sustained at so many places with an emphasis on defense a year ago. And that's one of the, the wild things is we haven't heard from Nick Saban since March. And that was really 
to talk about the, the cancellation and, and where things go from here of the spring season. So you know, we haven't gotten an official update on Dylan Moses or Josh McMillan or Trey Sanders, guys who missed the entire season. That also will include guys like LeBron Ray and DJ Dale and Will Reichard. So I, I think most of those guys, if not all of them, have been on the practice field and taking part in these walkthroughs. Um, you know, we, we've seen some of the, the promotional stuff that Alabama's put out there. I know they had their photo shoot day yesterday. Um, and, and guys like Dylan Moses and LeBron Ray are, are at the forefront of that. You can see that LeBron Ray looks like he's changed numbers from 89 to 18. So, uh, I know just from hearing things about how walkthroughs have gone that LeBron Ray and DJ Dale have been up there with the first team with the defensive lineman. I know Dylan Moses, of course, is quarterback in that defense as much as he can through a walkthrough. And Trey Sanders has been a guy that has done well as a, as a guy working with the twos, but it's just there's so many guys that missed time last year that we just don't exactly know what's going on with them. I think we're going to hear from Dylan uh, later in the week whenever we hear from players. But, yeah, that that one's one of the top things on the list for me is, you know, how are the guys that are that were injured? How are they doing? And then are there any other injuries to know about that? That's something that, you know, kind of creeps up in the offseason uh, a lot of years. I know we've seen guys like Ali Caho post on social media. Maybe this, he's dealing with an injury. Yeah. We haven't gotten official word from that. And you're always kind of cautious with injuries just because you never know what it could be. And um, and then, I mean, kind of in that same vein, just opt-outs. I mean, those are going to be at the, the forefront of the conversation. I know Nick Saban is going to be asked about a plethora of different things. But just from a, a housekeeping standpoint, I think that's going to be one of the things I'm most fascinated to learn about. Absolutely. What does the roster look like when they get things going uh, later today? Um, the buzz surrounding Bryce Young. It's interesting to consider what it was when we thought we were going into spring practice, right, back in March, and what it is now that there's been this pause and this widely held belief, and it may very well prove to be accurate, that you know, this time away from you know, spring practice and really uh, the, the, the full run through the offseason that you anticipated Bryce Young experiencing, that, does it feel like that maybe it's, it's sort of, I don't want to say quieted or silenced the sort of expectations for Bryce Young, because I think those are still going to be there, but um, just the anticipation in general, Charlie, with, with this guy and coming in and competing with Mac uh, for the starting quarterback position. I think the excitement is still there. Um, you know, Bryce Young is, was the number one player in the country. And I think he deserves that. I think you know, he's been a guy that Im- impressed whenever he got back to campus and you're going to have some growing pains. I mean, I think the reason that maybe the buzz uh, has died down some is because there was no spring practice. And, and Nick Saban has said it, especially this year, but he says it every year, how important those spring practices are for the young guys that enroll early, especially at a position like quarterback, because you can come in, um, you, you learn more of the playbook and you get those mental and physical reps. And, you know, Bryce didn't have that. And, and Mac Jones is the guy that's been in the program. Uh, he closed the season out as a starter. Uh, he had that confidence and, and got those repetitions. And the other guys didn't. I mean, you know, Paul Tyson, I know he's been in the program for a year now, but he was a redshirt freshman. He played in one game. 
And he, these are the practices, or those were the practices that benefit players like that. And you know, the, the fact that the preseason has been elongated because the season uh, being pushed back, I think it helps those young guys out a little bit. But it, it does help a guy like Mac Jones where it hurts them because he knows what to do. He knows the offense. You have your coordinator and your quarterback's coach back. He knows the, the terminology and everything like that. So the the new guys are the ones having to play catch up while Mac Jones is a guy that has four starts under his belt. So I think, you know, when it comes to tomorrow and, and Alabama's releases a video and photos and everything, everybody's going to be scrambling to look for number nine out there. Uh, but it, it's just a situation where now where everything's been kind of turned on its head. The the guys that have been in the program kind of rise, rise to the top of that. And the younger guys are the ones that kind of get the the you know the, the crap into the stick, so to speak. So it's, yeah, it's a situation where those young guys are going to have to play catch up, and guys like Mac Jones benefit. Yeah, I think it's a combination, right? The pause sort of put a pause on the Bryce buzz, but Mac deserves some credit for that too, with the way he played in those four starts in in 2019. So probably a little bit of a a mix there. Um, and I'll say this too, and, and we've talked about it before. I, I think that, you know, having things pushed back a little bit, that that's not a bad thing for guys like Dylan Moses, Josh McMillan, mm-hmm. uh, even LeBron Ray, DJ Dale, Will Reichard, all these guys that you outlined that are coming off injuries that could end up being a, a silver lining in all this. And you talk about a buzz that hasn't done anything, but grow louder. It's for this new sports science, sports strength and conditioning duo of David Ballou and Dr. Matt Ray, Charlie. It just seems like uh, with every week, the superlatives continue to be thrown that, that those two uh, their way. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still waiting on a negative review of those guys. It's been nothing but positive. And, and Mac Jones, you know, he's the latest guy to, to, to add to that fire. Um, you know, he was actually – he mentioned them – Earlier on in his Zoom call on Friday, just kind of talking about how the off season had gone and, and how they had the, the the plan they put together was was um, it helped the players kind of get through the off season away from uh, campus and then once they made their way back to campus, um, you know they were very um, instrumental in them just kind of dealing with an unprecedented off season and time. And then you know, he was asked about them later on. I think it was actually the last question. And, um, he, he had some interesting comments and he basically said that were those, were those pointed, were those, would those qualify as pointed <laughs> comments, Charlie, you would think so. Um, <laughs> but so he basically said that everything that they do in the weight room translates to the field. So every single lift that they do, there's a reason that they're doing it and that, you know, Coach Ballou and, and Dr. Ray make it very clear why they're why they're doing that specific lift. And he said it boosts team morale and they don't feel like they're you're just going through the motions. And the kicker was that he thinks that everybody on the team would say they feel much better about uh, strength and conditioning has just at me next time, bro. <laughs> if I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm Scott Cochran, just at me, okay? Oof. So I think we we've heard Nick Saban say this you know throughout the offseason jeff allen he did the kind of series on on facebook with uh with david Ballou and, and dr matt ray you're just kind of walking them through their transition what they thought of the program what they do their thoughts on saban and he's mentioned it but now we're hearing it from the players uh, of how just much things have changed and and how scientific 
things are. And you, you've heard it from the parents and things like that, because obviously we haven't heard from players this offseason. But now that's starting to come out. And it, like I said, we're talking to Dylan Moses this week, uh, you know, all things considered, knock on wood, hopefully. Um, and he's a guy that worked with these guys at IMG. I'm, I'm really interested to hear what Dylan has to say, having worked with them before, having worked with Scott Cochran in the early portions of his career, now working with, with Ray and Ballou again. Um, I, I think that these reviews are just going to continue to be positive. All right, Charlie, as we get out of here on the Bama Online Podcast to get your week going, um, top position battle in your eyes that doesn't involve the quarterback position. Where are you looking? Uh, for me, that's tough because there's there's several that I think are um, interesting for for camp. But um, I, I think the offensive line is one. Yeah, I think what happens there just because it they could go so many different directions. I think if you kick Evan Neal out to right tackle, you move a guy like maybe an Emil Ekior uh, to left guard. Maybe you kick Neal to right tackle, you move Landon Dickerson to left guard and get in a guy like. Uh, Darian Dalcourt. There, there's just so many different ways they can go, and then really, when you look at the defense, there's there's so many on that side of the ball. I think the secondary outside of Patrick Sertan will be interesting. I, I think a guy like uh, Jordan Battle is going to play a lot. Josh Job, uh, Daniel Wright's been in the program for a while, but you know, younger guys like Demarco Ellums, um, Brian Branch, Jalen Armour Davis, Marcus Banks. I think they're really going to push those older guys and, and make it interesting. And I think really the one that I want to see maybe more uh, than, than anything, and it's more out of curiosity, is outside linebacker. I mean, you have to replace both starters there, with Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis moving on. And you know, the early word is that the older guys have been holding down the fort there, that being Christopher Allen and Ben Davis. But it, when you, you talk about positive reviews and, and things like that with Blue and Ray. Buzz. We yeah, love Buzz. <laughs> The guys that are, that are doing that at outside linebacker are the young guys, Will Anderson yeah. and Drew Sanders. So uh, I think just with the it, – it's not a very experienced group, but there's a lot of talent and a lot to work with at outside linebacker, and I'll be really interested to see if any of those young guys can really make a move there. So there, there are a lot of them, but I think starting up front on offense and then what happens from a rushing the passer point of view and then the secondary on defense. Yeah, it's interesting because you do have some areas like the secondary where you have a lot of spots up for grabs and a lot of guys in the mix. And then you have the offensive line where you have one spot Mm -hmm. up for grabs, but you still have a lot of guys potentially that could factor into that mix. And, you know, you talk about this elongated stretch before the opener and you kind of had the feeling with with all this that perhaps, and we talked about it before, and, and I still think in a lot of cases it'll prove to be true where it, it benefits the veterans, but having this much time it probably brings the youngsters back into it, Charlie. I know you're not going to be on the practice field every day, but you know if you're a Brian Branch at safety at this point, um, you, you didn't, you weren't hurt by not being an early enrollee because the early enrollees didn't get the benefit of that as far as guys in your class. And, you know, whereas it hasn't been outright practice, you know, these last couple of phases, especially the walkthrough stuff, I guess that's where we're going to find out pretty quickly, right? Who, who is sponge like and their ability to take the playbook and put it on the field. You know, like a Minka Fitzpatrick that was a summer enrollee back in 2015. 
Now that's that's going to be interesting to watch too to see, you know, and, and not just with young guys, but when you're working combinations, as we know, Alabama likes work combinations in fall camp with that offensive line. You, what you get at the end of spring practice isn't a, a indicator totally in terms of what you're going to see for the opener. So, uh, man, we still got a long way until the opener, and uh, and hopefully they'll be able to make good use of it, and we'll we'll eventually get to September the 26th, and man. You know, for for not having football for so long now, so much again about to go down in these next couple of days between the start of fall classes, but between the start of preseason practice and also hearing uh, this evening about a schedule, an SEC schedule for the upcoming season. I think we're also going to get an updated roster for the first time. What? No. Uh, So I don't want to get anybody's hopes up because I feel like I've done that a lot with this, but you know, here we are, first day of camp, and there should be an updated roster. So we, we need we, a we need a we need a depth chart on that Zoom <laughs> with Saban right out the gate. You uh, know, if somebody asked for a depth chart on that Zoom, all of a sudden Nick's uh, internet internet connection might go bad, Charlie. You know, if they oh, throw yeah. that depth chart question out there too early, you might see Josh Maxson just karate kick <laughs> flat off the podium. <laughs> uh, the screen just goes to the Bama <laughs> screensaver. You know, that's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> oh, Charlie. Well, we appreciate all the great work, my man, for us there at BamaOnline.com. And uh, and we look forward to catching up. We'll be doing some of these on a more regular basis, I would think, as we get deeper into preseason practice. Of course, we're going to work around the situation as best we can, too. We know that you've always enjoyed the practice reports that Charlie and our website have produced throughout the years. Uh, going to change a little bit in how we go about bringing you the information, but don't you worry. We're going to get it to you nonetheless. Thanks, Charlie. No problem, man. I'm excited for it to get started. Let's do it. Charlie Potter on top of it for us there at BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier, thanking you once again for joining us, not only here on the Bama Online podcast, but of course, at Bama Online, hang out with us there on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama Crimson Tides, Alabama Crimson Tide fans everywhere. That's going to do it for this edition of the Bama Online podcast. We'll check in with you again real soon.